0: This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Aha, today is Tuesday, the 26th of August, 2014, and I have so damn much stuff, (laughs) I'm going to have to learn how to narrow things down until they mean something. I wonder, is stuff the plural of things? Anyway, things I've got in front of me, it's just too much. What was it we said in the 1950s? Cease, cease, get on with it. I just felt so good last night watching Larry Kramer on the uh, Emmy Awards. He, he's not in the paint, but there he is, there he was, and... The film, all about Larry Kramer, The Normal Heart, that won some Emmys. Uh, it's all about his struggle uh, for the gay community back in the 1980s. And, of course, uh, the, the producers and directors and actors all said they were honoring the gay artists, all those who perished in the AIDS epidemic. Uh Back in the day, there was Julia Roberts, the fierce, uh, activist doctor, you know, and, uh, all the usual suspects. There was lots of glitter and even Twitter, you know, the sort of thing that keeps our dreams afloat on this sea of mortality. Uh, anyway, I think, uh, I think the Emmys were not as as, what is the word, as shallow, as usual. Uh It was gratifying to hear on the other radio station this morning that uh Bryan Cranston, it's the guy who won an Emmy for Breaking Bad, very popular show, uh, <laughs> I heard him telling Terry Gross that the theater, that acting is what had lifted him out of his childhood um uh, pain, you know, uh, dysfunctional family, he was 12, his parents divorced, and alienation, all that kind of thing, his dad, he says, is 90 years old now, and, uh, they're speaking again, (laughs) I don't know, deja vu all over again, folks, uh, I guess, Brian Cranston is the, uh, classic portrait of the kid, uh, the kid who comes out of his depression. Uh he was up there kissing <laughs> kissing the um the actress from Veep. Uh never mind. I that part was shallow, folks. Uh I just thought of all of those of us who escaped to the movies when we were of a certain age. I think for me it started when I was about nine. Uh when your parents are home drinking and there's uh, there's all that mess going on, what could be better than racing down to the local theater and paying, oh, maybe as much as 50 cents to sit through a double feature? Uh, I think that uh, actors, what is it? It's it's something about how they translate. They translate their own sorrow. I guess it's a kind of method acting. Uh, uh, Whether or not a career develops out of it, the important thing for all of us is the way art saves lives. Psychoanalysis, of course, is that study of self-deception. But that takes a lifetime and costs a fortune. If you want to know about human psychology, I think the best way to do it is by putting yourself in the shoes of the other. Play the role, you know. Of course, it takes a lot of rehearsal to be yourself. I finally decided that I was tired of doing the stuff that other people had written, mostly guys. So I wrote my own script. But when I was young, trying to be an actress, I certainly learned... I was not I was not Desdemona I was not Hedegabler but you know sometimes some of the feelings of all these what is it uh, archetypes sometimes they felt real I kind of liked Andromache and Trojan women (laughs) the spirit the soul of motherhood anyway In my lifetime, roles for women both on and off stage have certainly developed, grown. As a matter of fact, they're exploding right now in the 21st century. Last night, the Emmy Awards uh, were so exciting because I saw all these older women included. I think that it's strange that Once upon a time, middle-aged women were something to get excited about. And now we've got really old women playing leading roles. Seventy is the new (laughs) fifty. I guess Jane Fonda gets points for starting the trend. But she and the great Meryl Streep actresses in their uh, age group, they've been able to stay in the business getting Terrific roles over time. Not just the character parts, you know. But better yet, there's a lot of women, I've noticed, who have become featured players in middle age. That is, they've hit the big time in middle age. Uh, Edie Falco. Uh, yes, Nurse Jackie. Patricia Clarkson is one of my favorites. Anyway, last night the most glamorous was Allison Janney. She was wearing this plum-colored gown just to die for, with several shades of plum, multi-colored. I, I'm not very good A uh, mauve, I think, and a kind of deep pink, although I never like to say a woman's wearing pink was that shocking pink. Anyway, I just thought... She looked like the most gloriously happy individual. She's had terrific luck this year. She's got uh, two contrasting roles in very popular TV shows. Uh, she plays this screwball blonde um, this, uh, a role for a comedian in a show called Mom. You know, she's she's one of those new age contemporary wild women. Uh, And then in the other show, um, uh, Masters of Sex, she plays this broken-hearted, tragic, non-orgasmic wife of this closeted homosexual, you know, back in the 1950s, so sad. That actually, the homosexual husband is a very brave role played by Bo Bridges. Uh... Masters of Sex is quite a series, been going on now, I think, two seasons. Um, I couldn't take it at first, but I see that it has some, it has a few things to offer. I'm not sure whether that makes up for the the nonsense. Uh, I recommend still, I, I think you should start with the movie Kinsey. That's a feature film with Leon Neeson and uh, uh, Laura Linney. If you want to know about uh, dysfunction in our society in the 1950s, among the, uh, what do we call it, in the bourgeoisie? Anyway, uh, it's on the Showtime channel that is Masters of Sex. So, I, I, uh, I guess most of us know about that sex study carried on by Masters and Johnson, Bill Masters and Virginia Johnson, back in the 1950s. It was a kind of breakthrough. Uh, It's, what is it, Uh, it's the sort of thing that can be used for educational purposes, but who could resist all the nonsense, you know, to pretend that you're, Serving science is one of the oldest tricks in the book. Actually, if I remember correctly, when I was a young actor, that was the uh, the excuse that most men used. They would say that it was in the service of our art. You know, that we have these affairs so that it would ring true on stage. Oh, that was a trip. Yeah, that was quite a line. Anyway, the fatuous 50s are very hard to pin down. Now, I was there, damn it, and I just have to say that things were not the same for everyone. Uh, Some things were a lot more sophisticated, in the first place, the, uh, what is it, the Bohemian world, I guess then it was the beatnik world, uh, was not, uh, well, it wasn't right out there on the media you could be extremely free in some places some areas uh, I think of San Francisco in North Beach but then i think at some point oh a few things happened a young woman uh committed suicide jumped out of a building on LSD and all of a sudden the uh uh the screwballs or the uh, the people on the fringe became food for the media, and by the time the 60s came along, the, the, uh, I guess we call them the hippie generation, uh, there was just no way people could be unconventional without uh, being part of the radical chic, became fashion statements, you know, anyway, what I liked about Masters of Sex and why I think it might be worth a look is that it makes a point or two it uh, well this study that Masters and Johnson set forth reveals that the human female's capacity for sexual pleasure is much greater vaster longer you know bigger taller than that of the male. There's a few other little items, uh, technical items. Of course, (laughs) there's still a lot of fuss. Actually, I would say that the best way to read up on the subject of male, female, uh, let's call it sexual stamina, read up uh, Mark Twain. That's the best one. He's got a delightful work called The Diary of Adam and Eve, but the best are essays written on the women of the Pacific Islands. They're in a collection called Letters from the Earth. Uh, Most of that was not published until after his death. And uh, he tells the tale. He certainly does. Uh, The thing is that lust and love are still, still... very hard for some people to separate. They get confused. Uh, in Masters of Sex, the woman, the young woman, Virginia Johnson, uh, says, she says that she can separate the two. Uh, as she says to Bill Masters at some point, uh Yes, darling, I could never marry a man that I did not both love and desire. That is the key line for the whole uh the whole plot, the whole theme, yes, yes, it's actually, yeah, it's a good line i I think that's that's a whole poem, lost and love, darling, I would never marry anyone. I didn't both love and desire there you got it, anyway. Janey uh has this role in Masters of Sex and she's got this problem. She does love this homosexual husband who she keeps telling herself is a good man and who appreciates her and who doesn't mind that she's tall and athletic and all that. Uh, however, at some point she realizes that that is not enough. I just think the actress is perfect for this role of an older woman, uh, discovering her capacity for sexual pleasure. Uh, this is, this is a lady who does not know if she has ever had an orgasm. Virginia Johnson smiles kindly at her and says, Oh, you would know. Anyway, she finally, uh, Comes to the party with a much younger man. I think of uh, Thelma in Thelma and Louise. You know, finally, finally, uh, the big time. Of course, the social climate, the uh, what is it, the the mores of the 1950s, uh, definitely are going to take down the the woman that uh, Alison Janney plays in this show. But at least her character comes to understand, to value what's, what's real. And she, she'll know what hit her at some point. Uh, she recognizes the social lie and what she has to lose, as well as uh, she gets it. She, she sees the phallocentric fallacy of sex which is centered on the phallus. Uh, <laughs> yes, I like that. That's a terrific line. I got to use that somewhere else. The phallocentric fallacy of sex, which is centered on the phallus as the be-all and the end-all of all pleasure. You got that? Anyway, uh, I think that the Emmy Awards uh, are a terrific way to analyze the, uh, what is it, the climate of our society just at the moment. Uh, It was like a whole bunch of children at a birthday party. Everybody needed a prize. So many people uh, were cranky about not getting a prize. They made all the jokes about it. Uh, And I thought, this is cool. It will all be forgotten by Friday. And, of course, it is uh, it is big money. It means jobs and careers just like the Oscars. It's a business, folks. I remember years ago, Shirley MacLaine ending one of the award ceremonies by saying, Let us try to dignify commerce. She was trying to be wise in the face of all this, uh, all this razzmatazz. Uh, What I want to talk about for a minute, oh, gee, I don't want to run out of time, is a series that I'm really impressed with on cable called The Nick. It's all about a hospital called the Knickerbocker. Uh, It's all about... The history of medicine. Uh, the Knickerbocker Hospital in New York, uh, in Manhattan, is uh, is the setting. The time is 1900. Fabulous backgrounds, the city, the streets, the whole thing. Uh, it's a time trip. Anyway, uh, there's nothing here that reminds me of ER, the... Hysterical soap operas that seem to be popular uh this show may be too raw for some folks warning warning <laughs> bloody hell that first scene in the uh operating theater literally the operating theater uh it was it was um the sort of thing that I, I would hide from the children. I've seen three episodes of the Nick and, uh, the first hour is probably the most, the most frightening. Uh, you know, that stage they use, they, uh, they seat all the doctors, uh, on the benches around the operating table and, uh, They stage this this operation. The surgery can be seen by all the young doctors and residents. It's a teaching hospital. They're all males, of course. When I watched that scene, I thought, this is something out of Rembrandt's painting, The Anatomy Lesson. (laughs) Then I thought of some other paintings of... Pigs strung up in butcher shops. At some point in this show, we see that the young residents have to use pigs instead of cadavers uh, for their their training. In this opening scene, an elderly doctor tries for the 12th time to save a woman and her baby doing a cesarean section, a cesarean procedure, and it... uh, I don't want to be a spoiler. Spoiler alert. I think you can guess what happens. Uh, Anyway, that woman was presenting with placenta pravia, a uh, maternal disorder I suffered myself in 1960, and once again in 1962. And I am still alive more than half a century later. Well, I guess that's progress. My father was a general practitioner. He was born in 1902, and I saw an awful lot of stuff uh, in the middle of the 20th century, particularly. Right after World War II, he had a small hospital up in the mountains behind Tucson, and uh, I see now that 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 was historic. The show, The Nick, about the Knickerbocker Hotel is, I think, mind-blowing, for those young viewers who don't really know much about this incredible progress made in medicine in just a century, uh, they may have heard a little bit, uh, you know, maybe about dentistry, but if progress, human progress, can be measured by the desire to lessen suffering, to heal the sick, mend the injured, then medicine is the field in which we find the passionate liberals, uh, the heroic people, not the people who just talk and talk the way I do. The scientists, they were willing to sacrifice themselves in some of their experiments. Uh, you remember that guy, I think, uh wise I'd have to look up the details, but he was the one who tried to convince the doctors that septicemia was killing their patients particularly the women in childbirth and uh, he had to prove it to them by putting his uh, his own his own wound into uh, an infected patient it's so so awful to think about uh, apparently the uh, the sciences also produce an awful lot of people who, who are unwilling to, uh, to look at the new, uh, trying to teach their colleagues, uh, what science reveals is the biggest task of some of these innovators. Uh, in this show, The Nick, the British actor Clive Owens plays the central character, Dr. John Thackeray. He's a profoundly concerned, dedicated physician. He, uh, at some point, tries to withdraw from his addiction to cocaine, but that was standard in those days. Uh, All the plot elements are there. But I think the first three hours were basically a setup for all the things to come. I see indications that that famous epidemic of typhoid fever in Manhattan at the turn of the century, 1900, that's on its way. Uh, I read about that in school. It was finally, the typhoid bug was finally traced to the water supply. Attention was paid when the rich began to catch the typhoid fever. Uh, the hospital staff is, you know, has the usual range of human uh, hubris. Not quite like Nurse Jackie, but but the egos are a problem. Uh, race is a problem. The white doctors were unwilling to work with. There's one particular black surgeon. He's the best of the best in Europe, but, uh, at the neck he's given the cold shoulder. He has to work out of the basement. At one point he engages the services of uh, black women from the laundry. One of them says, uh, But sir, uh should I be doing this? The the blood will get all over the thread. Her talent becomes quickly evident. He says she's she's now a surgical nurse, the the rest of the show gives us all the all the nonsense about bribes and payoffs, all that uh all that backstage stuff. Uh I of course was unaware that cadavers were a commodity at that time. I thought that was just in Frankenstein movies. Anyway, there's a couple of ambulance drivers that get a cut. Uh, uh for me the worst uh Scene was that of a beautiful woman whose only sexual relationship had left her with syphilis and she is uh, ruined and disgraced, of course. Her nose has been eaten away. She was once uh, a lover of Dr. Thackeray's anyway. I had not heard that one. I think I had heard many things about Uh, The symptoms of syphilis, but I I did not know that the noses, apparently it was not all that uncommon. Now, Clive Owen uh, has the role of a lifetime here. He's mostly in movies like, oh, King Arthur. He was terrific in King Arthur. Really quite stunning. You know, Tyrone Power eats your heart out. Uh... But heroic figures, you know, I think they come in all shapes and sizes he He's obviously a tortured man in this uh scene in which he tries to stop uh his cocaine addiction is harrowing uh the nurse comes to get him and he realizes he's got to he's got to get a uh, a shot before he can go back down to the operating room uh anyway. The Nick is a series. Three episodes have already aired and they are available on demand. And as I said, it's it's bloody. Uh, if you can't take that sort of thing, if you don't like to look at reality, <laughs> this is a real reality, show. you can always check... Um, A fantasy, a wonderful fantasy romance. Oh, historical, historical romances, bodice rippers, they call them. It's called Outlander. Uh, All about a woman who time travels from 1943 back to 1743 in Scotland. Uh, She made the mistake of visiting a row of standing stones and a circle of pagan women, Wicca are out dancing at midnight on Sawain, you know, our Halloween. And uh, somehow or another, she is lifted up and taken to 1943. She was a nurse back in the uh, Second World War. And, uh, of course, in 1743, she is a healer or perhaps a witch. Uh, I got to get off the air now. Check out Sophia Loren at 5 o'clock today in the masterpiece movie, Two Women. That's on Turner Classic Movies, 5 o'clock today. This has been Jennifer Stone. Till next week, go easy, and if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. The long and winding road Community Resources for Independent Living invites you to its thirty fifth anniversary fundraiser extravaganza, a long and winery road, a seventies and Beatles themed wine tasting on Friday, October twenty fourth from six thirty to nine thirty PM at Las Positas Vineyards in Livermore, eighteen twenty-eight Wetmore Road. Your ticket includes five wine tastings, appetizers, music and dancing, live dance performances, a costume contest, and a silent auction. Participants must be twenty one or older. This is the event is wheelchair accessible and will benefit Community Resources for Independent Living. For more info, visit www.crilhayward.org or call 510-88.